The Democrats have decided to stake their future on their efforts to prevent families. And the Republicans have staked their future on their efforts to sustain families. Democrats and Republicans have both placed big bets on the midterm election. This time on Right Angle, we're going to assess who made the wiser bet. I'm Scott Ott with Stephen Green and Bill Whittle, and this episode of Right Angle is brought to you, as always, by the members at BillWhittle.com. If you're watching us on YouTube or Rumble, uh, please do whatever it takes to make sure other people will see this too. You know how this whole algorithm thing works. Don't pretend that you don't. Go ahead and click it. Email your friends the link. That's right. <laughs> it says share right there. Right, or right better there. yet, email your friends and tell them that they should watch this and don't send them the link so that then they have to write you back and it's like a conversation. Uh, so, <laughs> gentlemen, <laughs> this is what's going on. Uh, you've probably seen the recent polling that indicates that uh, Republicans are starting to look better and better going into these midterm elections in early November um, in the sense that they may uh, be able to capture the Senate and get a bigger majority in the House than anybody expected. Um, and it seems to me uh, that Stephen Green, the Democrats have bet big on the overturn of Roe versus Wade and the abortion issue and getting things back to the good old days when it was, you know, nationally legal to kill as many babies as you wanted to. Uh, and the Republicans have bet on the economy and the fact that it stinks at the moment and the fact that everything's really expensive and that they can do better. Um, I saw another survey just today that indicated that when voters go into the, the uh, ballot Place, uh, they generally have some big issues on their mind. And it turns out it's only a very small percent of even Democrat voters are thinking about abortion. It's just not the top of mind issue. They even quoted some voters in this New York Times or Washington Post story, I forget which, who were indicating that, yeah, I, I'm a thousand percent uh, against the overturning of Roe versus Wade. However, we need to eat. We got to pay for the house. <laughs> we got to pay for the car. And uh, and so they're starting to talk about, you're, you're getting voters who are essentially ideologically aligned with Democrats who are saying, maybe we should vote for Republicans. Um, Steve, who do you think has made the wiser bet here as far as which issue to focus on going into these last three weeks? Republicans. <laughs> now, okay, let, me, let, me, let me expand on that. <laughs> just 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 a little bit. I'll stretch that out. Um, listen, you, when your team is losing, you got to give that inspiring halftime speech in the locker room to keep them on the field. Uh, true story. I started at uh, University of Missouri, Columbia, Mizzou in the fall of 87. I was very excited because the uh, the football Tigers were a very big deal when I was growing up in the 70s and 80s. And so I bought I bought season tickets for all the home games. And it just so happened that the fall of 87 was when Mizzou's football program fell apart. I don't know if it ever recovered. Um, and I think it was our home opener against then rival Nebraska. Mm. The final score was 42 to three. Mizzou just got cream. And you know, you know, the coach gave some some big talk about how they're going to go back out there on the field and, and they're going to pull this out and, and win this game because they've got spirit and they've got talent, whatever. Big speech. And the only reason Mizzou got those uh, got that field goal in the fourth quarter, I might add, is because Nebraska, they took their pads off, stuck them on the cheerleaders and put them out on the field for the last like five, six minutes of the game. It was just it was a total embarrassment. Um, 
and this is what the Democrats are going through. It's, it's sort of a, a, a an upbeat denial that, oh, we're just we're going to hang on to this overturn of Roe versus Wade. And that's that's going to save our bacon. And by the way, the price of bacon is up like 30 or 40 percent. So, no, <laughs> it's it's not. Um, and <sighs> price of eggs up 30 percent. Steak is up. Oh, I don't even know. It's just you go to the grocery store and it's absolutely sickening. And the thing about uh, Roe versus Wade getting overturned is in the, the states where Democrats are already dominant, the laws aren't going to change or actually the laws are getting even more liberal. California is saying, hey, you know, we'll pay for your out of state abortion or whatever the, the new thing is they're trying to do. Uh, and Republican states, uh, even Democrats, they are finding out that either the laws haven't changed or they haven't changed that much or that, ooh, that new Mississippi law that's so brutal is actually slightly more permissive than the common laws or than the laws that are common in Europe are. So this is not a big issue. This is not a primary issue except for the most strident pro-abortion. It's not even pro-choice anymore. It's pro-abortion as a screeching minority. Uh, it is the economy, stupid. Or actually, with Joe Biden in charge, I should say it's the stupid economy. Yeah, uh, Bill Whittle, uh, Joe Biden is well going to come out and make that halftime speech that Steve is talking about. I uh, just heard from the White House press office that he plans to make a landmark speech once again on the abortion issue. So I'm not sure who is advising the president, Bill, because when you see a poll that shows basically that abortion comes in like ninth or tenth on the list of issues and is, you know, very few people have that as their number one issue – and he decides to keep riding that same horse all the way to the tape. Um, I don't. I don't see what the president is thinking. And I know that I just invited a, a, a whole bunch of one-liners based on that. <laughs> I'm uh, my tongue. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate it. But you know, I think uh, the the uh, halftime speech from the coach at this point should be just guys, you know, you got to go out there. So try not to shame your ancestors. I mean, it's just, there's just not much that can be done. Um, is there, is there any way that we're wrong about this and that really this is the issue and that Biden has, is getting good advice? Well, the numbers that you mentioned now that look very favor favorable towards Republicans, we need to point out those numbers are pre-Biden speech. And when the president hmm. applies his laser-like focus and his Rico Suave uh, rhetorical skills to the problem, <laughs> all of a sudden it will become the number one issue in the land and will go down in flames. Uh, so with that out of the way, um, you mentioned when you asked Steve his question, uh, who do you think placed the better bet? Uh, I have become an extraordinarily uh, strong advocate of um, betting pools as a predictor of uh, outcomes. And, and uh, John Stossel has set up one, and the entire argument is, is that when you're making a bet, you're doing it in private, you're not virtue signaling, and you've got your skin in the game, you've got your money on, on the line. This isn't about what you want to have happen, it's what you think will have happen. So historically, these betting uh, betting pools have much, much higher percentage of accuracy than than polls, which can be slanted or for any number of reasons. Somewhere in June or July, the Republican chance of taking the House was somewhere around 83, 84%. And the chance of taking the Senate, I think, was up into the 60s, low 60s, better than average chance. And somewhere in July, 
Republican approval went precipitously down. Democratic approval went precipitously up. It was just shocking. It was terrifying. And I tried to figure out what it was. That was about the time that the abortion ruling came down, but it wasn't a, a, a it wasn't a vertical drop. It was it was a very very steep decline. I suspect that the two things that caused that were the the Mar uh, Mar-a-Lago raid and. And the fact that gas prices is no longer being $7, now that they're $6, it's an improvement and people think, you know, well, things are getting better. But then uh, three, four weeks ago, these numbers have re returned to their original trend line where the betting odds for the Republican takeover of the Senate is now 50-50, and I think the House is approaching 90%. So the question is, what, what happened? Something big happened in favor of the Democrats somewhere around July and... June, end of June, July, into August and through September, and now it's it's changing again. And and I gotta tell you, I think it's I think it's the economy. I think that if if you had, like I said, if you had seven dollar gas and now it's you know five dollar gas, people look at that as well, situation's improving. But yes, there are there are reports of of polls showing just shocking uh, numbers of defections from the Democratic Party. I mean, something, something 40% of single women, a shift of 40%, you know, which is strong, strong uh, Democratic constituency. So, you know, we're going to find out in, in, in three weeks uh, from today, I guess, we're going to find out um, whether or not uh, the country has had enough beatings or, or you know, for the morale to improve. Uh, and And we won't know about that till we know, but certainly... Certainly, the conclusion I think everybody can make is that the, that the idea that Roe v. Wade was the third rail, you know, was the end of the Republican Party as we know it, uh, if if they overturn that, certainly has not come to fruition. Well, it should or go without term, saying, but I'm afraid it might not. Um, polls are measuring what people think uh, that they're going to do going forward. Um, and these things don't happen unless you actually do them. And so, you know, if you're listening to the polling and thinking, oh, I'm greatly cheered by that, we'll realize that you're one of the people who will bring that to pass. It's not, it's, we're not measuring the actual outcome at this point. It's a future prediction. And the only way the prediction comes true is if you actually go and do the thing. Uh, so, so that's, that's one thing. Um, and then secondly, and I think it comes down to this, um, you may call Republicans stodgy and old fashioned and clinging to old ideas, but one of those old ideas happens to be a good one. And that is people love their families. People love to have, uh, successful, comfortable lives. And if you threaten that, they don't like you. The president's, uh, Approval ratings are tanking, and anybody who has tied themselves to the presidency, um, are, are, that's going to hurt them. But even the people who have not overtly tied themselves to President Biden or who have tried to distance themselves to President Biden can't get away from the fact that he is effectively the leader of that party. And they're going along with him uh, whether they like it or not. And so, you know, I, I don't – I'm not a good predictor of future events. But I will say in general, when you look at the two parties and take the one position, and that is that the Democrats have decided to stake their future on their efforts to prevent families. And the Republicans have staked their future on their efforts to sustain families. I think that's an easy choice. For Bill Whittle and Stephen Green, I'm Scott Ott. Thanks to the members at BillWhittle.com for making Right Angle possible. 